You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello. Hello, I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Paul Mann. And I'm Tom Canning, and welcome to episode 120 of the Real Reading Podcast. You can like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. Um, it's another fine lockdown week, or another fine week in lockdown, depending on which way you read the sentence that I've written on the script. Um, how are you both doing? Paul Mann, you're joining us this week. Rachel's been subbed off. Um, hello, Paul. How are you? I'm okay, not doing too bad. As I look out the window right now, it is a blue sky. It's not too bad. I'll take this weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just noticed, Paul, just behind you on the right, obviously we've spoken on um, on these calls semi-regularly. You've got a picture of the Moomins. What's that all about? Oh, yeah, that would be the girlfriend, not me. I'd like to put that out there okay. as a disclaimer. I don't want to own that. <laughs> but, yeah, so they're very popular from... Uh, Yes, the well-known uh, Finnish uh, author, Tove Johansson. But, um, yeah, I think uh, that's not mine. Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> Fine. I, I presume on your Elm Park Royals podcasts, you paper over that with a picture of Alf. I actually remove it normally. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Alf as in... Um, Adam LaFondra. Right? Adam LaFondra, uh, yes. Alf, Alf, the Alf, alien you meant, I thought you meant the alien life form. No. <laughs> <laughs> You, how are you? Oh, I'm all right, yeah. Everything's the same every day, isn't it? But apart from that, um, I'm not so bad. Um, slightly starting to notice the days getting a little bit longer now. Um, Just ever that, so slightly. And that that's going to carry on until the clocks change and then everything will be okay. Everything You sound like... Hair, making... Go on, Hugh, but, sorry. The hair situation is getting pretty serious now. It's pretty... <laughs> It's pretty boofy, um, and the, my my girlfriend is now. She's she's like, I just want to see it where it goes. And I keep saying, <laughs> I keep saying it's good, just going to go upwards, and she's like, oh, I don't think we should cut it. Um, so I'm being held. I'm almost being blackmailed. Oh, <laughs> well, I've I've de- I've decreed that I'm not cutting my hair until we move. Um, so yes, yeah, so oh. listeners possibly won't know this, and they possibly won't care either. But I am moving house. Um, I won't tell you just where just yet because I don't want to jinx anything. But yeah, we are we are on the move, and I've decided not to cut my hair until we move. So hopefully that will be very very fast. Hopefully that'll be a long long time, and you end up <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm making it. Oh, don't don't don't. <laughs> Um, so, um, just before before we kind of move on to our to our headlines, um, we there, there's, a, there's a story on Berkshire Live this week. Um, I don't know. I think I have sent all of these to you guys, but um, it's about a Reading man who drove past Nat- National Lottery HQ hundreds of times and finally picks up a big prize. I this headline absolutely fascinates me because does that mean that if you drive past the National Lottery HQ, I knew someone. I wrote that. I wrote that headline. I need some smart Alec would point out the, the, the non 
correlation between winning the lottery and driving past, but it's it's just a way of leading into the story. I, I, I just I don't is is there a correlation or is it just no? Well, no. He used to say he used to say every single time he drove past to his son, yeah, one day I'll be in there getting my check. And then oh, the, the irony of the irony of the story is that because of coronavirus, when he did eventually win his a million pounds, he couldn't go in to get the check. So, <laughs> right, makes more sense. So this is this is what happens when you don't read the actual story. Yes. Um, so this is a this is a story of a chap called Malcolm Haynes who lives in Reading but is somehow a season ticket holder at Watford. I know. This is that's. I mean, how can you live outrageous. in Reading support Watford? That's outrageous. That's absolutely Morally wrong. It's so it level. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that says to me the PR department of Reading FC are not doing their job. I remember many years ago when I used to go to football regularly, a game against Watford, um, where there was a Watford fan sitting in the in the home in the East stand with the home fans, and my understanding of these these. Uh, this situation is if you find yourself in your situation you're supposed to very much keep yourself to yourself and be be respectful of the uh, other fans this bloke often scored a goal and he stood up and he went yeah and started running around and jumping up and down and <laughs> goading all the home fans and then probably got kicked out and uh i i wouldn't i'd not say that it was mr haynes but you can't rule it out can you <laughs> no, no. um so he's, he's won a million quid and i guess the he's won it on the lucky dip uh, and I guess the obvious question, uh, and Paul, we spoke about this very briefly yesterday, but um, obviously, uh, if you want a million quid, you'd invest it straight into the Royals, wouldn't you, I presume? Uh, no, uh, I wouldn't want to just take my money and burn it, Tom. And <laughs> you know that, exactly. swallowed up and never seen again, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, definitely not, sadly. No, God, I'd probably do something really dull with it, wouldn't you? You probably For a million pounds, it's a good amount of money. Yeah, by how to win you in that leftover? I'd, I'd probably just keep it and just have it. <laughs> I don't think just I'd... say you're a millionaire constantly yeah, just, to be with me. I've just got it. Oh, yeah, I, was, I was saying to my uh, my partner about this: a million quid is a kind of perfect amount of money to win because there's no, you know, there's no pressure. You've got you, you'll be sorted for life. You can pay off. You probably pay off your mortgage mm. and then have a lot of disposable income and some lovely hol- holidays. Do you remember yeah. that? And um, <laughs> <laughs> and to basically live the life that you want, and uh, but and it's not like winning the Euro Millions, which is something you know, 180 million, and then yeah. thinking, what on earth am I going to use this money for? Um, but it's one million pounds, life changing, better life, and entirely realistic. Um, so that's what I'd, I like to win, rather than the big, the big money. Yes. Although, I think you know if someone gave me eleven million quid, I wouldn't complain. But I was going to say, Hugh, would you say no? That's a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just give it all to charity, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, yeah. <laughs> have you seen? Um, have both of you seen the Detectorists? Oh, so it's, Hugh, have you seen the Detectorists? No, but it sounds like the sort of program you'd watch. It's, oh no, it's a wonderful. <laughs> it's um, Mackenzie Crook and Toby Jones. It's absolutely wonderful. I thoroughly recommend you sit down and uh, and watch. It. I won't. I won't spoil it for for, for either of you. Uh, I, I think. It, I think. I, I probably could say it's been. It's been out long enough now that people who want to see it should have seen it. But there's a lovely moment where um, one of them reveals. Uh, 
a certain thing about the lottery and anybody that's seen it will will be nodding along it's just that it's a lovely night it's, it's a lovely tv series to just sort of on a sunday afternoon just sit down and watch the first series then it's in about six episodes of series it's three series and they're about 25 minutes long it's just it's just wonderful it's fu- it's funny it's 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 great anyway um so yeah that, there wasn't really a question related to this story or, or what i've just said it was just um i just that headline had amused me and it had amused me all week um and i'm glad that it was hugh that wrote it so um in the meantime uh, if you've won the lottery let us know here's jeremy with how you can get in touch get in touch with the team email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Real Reading Pod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thanks very much, Jeremy. We move straight into our headlines. Um, we try and do five minutes each on one of these. I've got a little little timer so that we don't spend hours uh, talking about, which you know sometimes can happen. But um, you know, there we go. The, fir- the first story is um, this. I, I think it, I think it's incredible that this can even happen, um, but it's it's this massive Reading Broad Street Mall home, uh, homes plan that will add more than four hundred new homes to Brutalist Shopping Centre. Um, I guess the Brutalist is the architecture part of it, but I guess what I find absolutely fascinating is the house that we are supposedly moving to. If we wanted to build above the garage, we've basically got to knock the garage down because the foundations are not strong enough to have a um a, a structure built on top of it yet a car park that was built probably more than 30 years ago can have um, three massive tower blocks built on top of it it just seems absolutely astonishing paul it just seems such a, a crazy plan doesn't it i mean yeah. i know we need housing so you look at that and you think well okay that's a good thing isn't it for people to live in but i don't know it's not a place that I'd be gagging to move to. I have to be honest, living <laughs> above the butt centre, as it is known, I'll never oh, be a street man. Never. It's never been that. I don't know. It doesn't seem to like... It's gone through a lot of planning things as well, surely, Hugh, to get yeah. to this point. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to say, I remember when it first the plans first emerged a few years ago, I, I looked at them and I, I was like, what? On top of the shopping centre? <laughs> How's that, how's that possibly going to work? And then, yeah, it's, so it's going to be amazingly, an amazing visual um, for, the, for the town. Yeah, I mean, it's another one of these places, I think, that where they're, they're people, they think people, you know, um, who work in, maybe work in London or maybe work in Reading, single or couples, um, no cars, that sort of place. Um, I imagine they'll be quite swanky um, when they get eventually get built. Um, but it, yeah, it's an amazing idea to have, um, and we'll have to see now how it goes and how it progresses. There's a lot of work going on at the Broad Street Mall. There's a bowling alley coming, and yeah. uh, cinema, and some new restaurants on the um, on the way, and then eventually, perhaps one day, they'll get the revamp of the area behind it as well. Um, and it could be quite nice in 10 years. I mean, in some ways, it makes an awful lot of sense to build these big tower blocks in the town centre because 
the transport links are there you know you've got you've, if you want buses the problem that i think most of us have with with buses is if the, we want to go anywhere that isn't the town center you've got to go in the town center and then out again the other side if you want to jump on the bus uh you know similar sort of thing with the trains so i guess building these huge tower blocks in the town center is probably actually a, a really smart idea and i'm sure that's not lost on the uh, the professional paid for planners of of reading town center and, and and that stuff like that it doesn't need a need a moron like me to come up with ideas like that but like you say paul i, I i'm not sure of the of whether i would actually want to live in the town center i mean you're effectively living next to or just above almost party central is that is that what you want i Maybe not at our age, Tom, uh, <laughs> but, but there's a lot of people that are um, considerably younger than us and we want somewhere like <laughs> so want somewhere like that to live. And yeah, I think there's definitely, they're seldom. I don't think it's going to be oh, issue, yeah. is it? I mean, at least it's not offices. Yeah. Because at yeah, the yeah. moment, you've got to see offices are going to be needed less and less. Not going to suddenly drop off completely, but there's going to be a drop off after this COVID situation ends, one of the... They're, they're almost almost certainly well i i guess i the, i think the, the part of me that that always wonders about this is who are they building these for because it's are they building it for people that actually need houses or, or or homes or is it building it for people that are looking for for second homes and i i i just you know they need the, i don't know huge you know what the, the situation with that is it's for people who it's what a lot of the developments around places like Reading and Slough are, are these what they call London leavers, who people who who are um, working in, in London potentially and and living in London, but finding the cost of living in London too much, and so they come they they move to the commuter commuter belt um, to a nice swanky apartment where they live with their partner or by themselves, yeah, um, and commute into work uh, or work from home. Um, I'm not saying every single person who who buys one of these flats will, will be that, um, but that's the kind of market a lot of these developments are aiming for. Um, like I say, I've said many occasions, there is this problem with in Reading with, with the lack of family homes because there's no space. Um, so they have still have government targets and they still have to provide housing, and so they build they build up rather than yeah. rather than out. And people complain about all these flats and what they're going to be, how they're going to make the town look like. But, um, it, you know, all, like I said before, uh, the areas where they're making all these massive developments are all pretty run down and, uh, or derelict and or derelict. And so do you just want empty buildings crumbling away or do you want them, the areas regenerated with, with housing and, and build, you know, and they retail and, coffee shops and nurseries and all that sort of stuff in the within these developments um and that's what's happening in reading um you know i'm sure if the council announced that the only land to build family homes on was at prospect park and they were going to build a thousand home estate on cross prospect park people wouldn't like that either nope. not just for a disclaimer that's not happening that's just something <laughs> i just made up <laughs> um so yeah so uh that's that's the kind of situation with development in Reading, but this is a very kind of innovative, bold, ambitious project, and we we'll want to see how it um, just um, unfolds. Just to just to finish off that little bit, Hugh. How many? If those three get built, 
there's the three is it swan heights there's three there going up how many yeah. new residential tower blocks will that be i mean that's at least six as and when all of those get finished there's there's some others isn't there um so there's Ver verto which is already there right um in terms of sort of towers there's the development in um Welldale Street, which is very slightly out of town, which is 300. Hmm. I can't remember how many blocks it is, but it's 300 on flats. Uh, Thames Quarter uh, by the by, opposite the train station is 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 very much underway. I'm not quite sure when it's going to complete, but that's that's that there. There's another development plan for the old um, Southern Electric Building, which is across the road from the from from there. And there's two two really massive plans with tower with blocks of flats as well. Um, one is the Reading Royal Mail Depot, and then right next to it, eventually the I always get the name of this wrong and have to check it. <laughs> Reading Station Retail Park. I think I've got that wrong again. Anyway, it's where TGI it's where TGI Fridays is, um, and that's eventually will be redeveloped potentially redeveloped as well um into more housing more right. blocks of flats um so that whole area has i'll say potentially because it all needs to be given permission um will look completely different in 10 years time use that figure generously <laughs> 10 years time um and that, that's a sort of main development yeah. hub in reading around there um there's the one where Toys R Us used to be, which is well underway as well. That's huge. That's 750, and cool. there's flats yeah. and stuff there. But there are a few houses there as well, I think. Um, and I happen to be preparing a feature on this for the weekend, so I, <laughs> I'm pretty good on it. But I think I think that those are the main ones. Um, and Reading Prison is something to keep an eye on as well, development-wise. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that'll end up as housing. But... Um, there's a lot going on and a lot of change, but like I said, like I say, a lot of sort of derelict areas are getting regenerated into housing areas, which I personally think is a good thing. Um, so uh, just quickly moving on from that, we this is a, a story about um, Oxford Road doves on Reading West Bridge are set to be painted over. Now, I'll be honest, I thought it was clouds. I, on that Reading West Bridge, it's the one that goes across the Oxford Road from Reading West Station. Um, it's got like a, a light blue kind of background with some sort of white splodges on it. And every time I go under there, I think, oh, it's clouds. I've always, I'd never realised it was doves. This is a brand new, brand new on me. And this is all to do with the redevelopment of Reading West Station, um, which people are, I think, slightly happier about this design, but still very angry. There are no lifts or disabled access quite completely understandable um but at the, at the same time obviously i mean it's a whole that station isn't i mean i've used i use it all the time or i certainly did use it all the time um and i i don't know if i i don't know how i feel about using it at late at night it, it certainly didn't it never made me feel particularly particularly safe um so anything they can kind of do to improve that but um paul is that reading west station are you, are you familiar with reading west station uh, yeah, I've definitely used Red and West Station, but not for a long time. Is that it's not an illustrious area, is it? It's not an area it's that you wish to be hanging out in. Um, you've got all the um, uh, fast food outlets near it yeah. as well. And yeah. God, I'm so old. I can remember the old Texas DIY shop. It's very near. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, 
painting over artwork it, it always does uh it does rile people a little bit i mean like i say i i I, to be perfectly honest, I couldn't care less. Um, I, d I didn't even know. I, d I don't know whether it's something that that um, I can't even remember uh, who they were. They were by. They were. Uh, and uh, when were they painted? They, Not Banksy, they... is it? <laughs> no, no, that ever, that had, um, is self-destructed by now. I would have thought if it was um, if it was Banksy, his um, early works. You know, <laughs> suddenly, it's Redenburg Council found out it's actually worth five million pounds. It's like, oh no, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was they were they were designed by local school children. So apologies to all of the school children I've just insulted by not knowing that they were doves, and thinking they were clouds. It doesn't actually say when they were originally uh, painted on there, but certainly in all the time I've lived in Reading, so for at least a, at least a decade, um, uh, you know, do 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 we mind? Is it iconic? Do, does it? I don't know. Do we mind, Hugh? Oh I, no, I don't. I don't care. I'm happy to see the station develop. That bridge is a bit grotty. Um, disappointed that it's got no disabled access in this day and age, and they they still it's disabled people are just told to use the main station as if you know they can. Yeah, just... it, it's a bit yeah. like they they sort of yeah disabled people use the main station on based on the fact that it's a two minute train ride from Reading West to Reading Central. Fine, great, two minutes, but it's not a two-minute walk or a two-minute wheelchair ride or a or whatever, or a two even a two-minute car drive. Um, yeah. it's, it's 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 a good 15, 20, 30 minutes, depending on your um, depending on your ability to 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 get to get to get there. However, um, I, I suspect if you have to go have to drive across there, it probably takes longer than walking. I would think, um, given the one-way systems and all of that. Um, so yeah, I, th I think there's a general feeling there that um, paint over the doves and make it nicer, but please include some disabled access. You just contact the children who painted them and ask them individually. I think I think maybe well, could they not could they not do it again? Could they not repaint it? Yeah, yeah. When they're like forty or fifty, like they probably are now. Yeah. Oh no, ten ten years ago, wasn't it? You said yes. Yeah, so maybe oh, well, they're twenty least, now. It was at least yeah. ten years ago, so it's probably uh, okay. Now. Yeah, maybe they wouldn't be so keen on. Maybe they'd do something different now, like a pint of beer or something. <laughs> <laughs> I I do. I feel like the Oxford Road gets a bit of a rap, a bit of a bad rap from time. I've always quite, I quite like walking down the Oxford Road. It just, you know, it's, it's, it's there's something. There always seems to be something going on there, whether it's a good thing or a bad. <laughs> thing. You know, I, I don't know, but you know, I was brought up on the Oxford Road. I yeah. was, um, uh, yeah, I used to live um, when I was a child just behind the pond house. So, uh, yes, fully understand the uh, action and the uh, unique atmosphere around the Oxford Road and the uh, activities then that occur there. But it is, um, it is a main artery of Reading, isn't it? And it is somewhere that kind of does get constant abuse, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, does, does painting over the doves and does um changing the, changing the station does, and upgrading the station, does that gentrify it in any way? Or is it just necessary? Necessary. Yeah, it yeah, just needs doing. You know, everything needs replacing it in the end, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, um, well, we'll move on to arguably one of the most controversial stories of the week. And this is the news that the Black Boy Pub in Shinfield uh, is going to be changing its name. Um, so, completely aware that um, we are three 
white middle-aged men chatting about um, something that perhaps we don't have um, the requisite understanding uh, about. So um, at the same time, I said, well, middle-aged, am I middle-aged? I think I'm the youngest. I was going to say certainly middle class. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps just be middle-aged just yet. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I'm 40 this year, so. I think. I'm 45, so I think I'm there. Yeah. I've I've not been I've not been as, as someone who is very interested in pubs, how they work, going to pubs and enjoying myself in pubs. Um, I've not really known what to think about this because, you know, based on what I would have just said about um, the three of us, I, I, you know, it's it's difficult for me to actually kind of understand what that that name would mean. But this morning I was reading the comments on uh, the Reading Chronicles version of this story, and I think this is what what puts it into into focus for me more than more than anything else and it gives me a bit more so, somebody who will remain nameless said that is my old family pub don't like it don't go in there which is exactly the opposite of what a pub should be and exactly the opposite of what a pub should be doing to you know pubs are you know pubs have had a dreadful year um, they've like they probably they they probably thought they'd had bad years before but, but this last 12 months has been an absolute disaster for pubs so the very last thing they need to be doing is putting anybody off going to the pub and frankly if that means changing the name then get on with it stop flipping around with it sorry i wasn't gonna say something much worse um hugh i know you you asked me to include this story in there um you you had a few things you wanted to to bring up on this yeah um with this story the um the pub company sort of saying we don't actually we don't actually know the history of the pub and, and of the name um but we feel there is a racist connotation to it yeah and the argument from a lot of people is that it could be and they're saying something to do with a black horse perhaps originally or a picture of a chimney sweep a young chimney sweep and that's the black boy and that's what they were essentially the you know, people don't seem to have too many problems about sticking young children up chimneys to clean them in the old days. <laughs> um, um, but my my kind of view on it is that what does it make you think of? Somebody says to you, "The black boy." It doesn't make me think of a chimney sweep, does it? It makes you think of. Uh, it makes me think of sort of images of slavery, essentially. Um, and I think that's where the company is concerned. We have actually spoken to a, um, a member of the black community in Reading, Victor Karoma. Um, he's the general manager of the Reading Alliance for Co Cohesion and Racial Equality. And what he says, um, like, likewise, he doesn't know where the, the, the name of this particular pub originated from, but he, what he says is he thinks it comes from a time where wealthy British landowners kept black slaves, uh, including small boys and girls in their, in their houses. And um, because of that, it is his belief that the name is offensive and it's right that it should be changed. And the, the imagery associated with that name is deeply offensive, I think. Um, also, it's, it's a private business, and if they feel uncomfortable with the name, they're perfectly within their rights to change it. And I, I mean, it, it generated a lot of debate about um, what 
what's racist, what isn't, how everyone says everything is racist these days and everyone gets angry about people claiming things are racist, which might not be racist or might be racist, depending on your general view on things. Um, but it's ultimately up to them to, to make the decision. It's their, their business. If they want to make give the pub a more friendly and welcoming name, the, the, the chap in the story quoted Victor, he said, it made he went in there. It made the name of it made him feel uncomfortable as a black man. That should be um, true. That should be given consideration um, as a very valid, valid point of view. Um, if, if, yeah, if if it's one man, him feeling like he wouldn't go in there because of the name of the pub, then it won't just be him, will it? Down, down, yeah. the, down the line. And, you know, the, the primary point of a pub is to welcome people in. So, you know, I mean, Paul, I know you've obviously, you've, you've lived in and around Reading for, for many years, and I'm sure there are pubs that have had three, four, five names, name change. Pubs change names all the time. So um, it, it's not unusual. Um, you know, let's, uh, I'm just trying, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head, but you know, there've, there've been plenty of pubs, you know, um, so, uh, sub 89, that, that building changes its name on a, I don't even know if it's called sub 89 anymore, <laughs> it changes its name all the time. So I think, um, for, oh, come on, let's just, just be tolerant of people and let's welcome, make, well, come on, it's been a rubbish year. Let's just if if changing the name makes it a nicer place for people to go then fine get on with it um uh, paul do you have any strong feelings either way on this no i agree that if you should change it changing of the name of a pub is not a big issue wasn't there the one the malt house near rintrand station that changed didn't it yes uh, you had the, corn, the corn stores and the malt how the malt house became the yep. gray fryer and yeah uh, nobody's made a big deal of that have they no nobody so, goes oh i can't go in there because this used to be the malt house nobody goes is <laughs> not bothered by that <laughs> you know you just think go over it i mean this is clearly i think you need to change the name of this pub because the connotations are there aren't they yeah and you know i agree with you if you think about these things it doesn't bring up positive positive imagery you want to go into a pub that doesn't bring up any of those issues basically no. you just a, a standard name like the one i live near the moderation yeah you know <laughs> i i used to go to um we used to go to the the black boy quite a lot and uh, they did really good ribs i think the biggest surprise to me in this story was finding out it was green king pub i don't know when that happened but um i, <laughs> I, I feel like that was the that was a, a bigger surprise but I don't, I don't know if it, if it makes people feel more comfortable then i think um then i think then just just change it and and let's get on with our lives there are far uh, there are there are far more there are things that deserve much more attention um in terms of where we should be sort of fighting than than worrying about whether we are getting offended about the changing of a pub name um certainly doesn't bother me just change it and come on, let's face it, down down the road, if people still want to call it the black boy, they will still call it the black boy. I still occasionally catch myself calling Morrison Safeway. So just called Broad Street Mail the bus centre. Yeah. <laughs> so right. change, Absolutely. Starburst. I never call Opal Fruits Starburst. They're still Opal Fruits. You are staying I'm true. When I, when I regularly go into Metro Bank, I I, I I only ever call it Virgin Megastore. So, Virgin, yeah. <laughs> so, 
doesn't it? People, people just, yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, I think it's right if um, there is a need to change it, if there is a will to change it because it has racist connotations, which clearly it does. Um, get it changed. Anyway, our last story on the list um, is a story, this, this story, <laughs> this story, and Paul, I'm going to go straight to you on this one because you came up with the probably the most valid point of all the points on this story when we were talking about it yesterday, but it's the fact that this iconic Reading Cemetery Junction arch has been put up for sale um, and potentially uh, for someone to go and make a nice home there. Um, now, what did you say to me yesterday? Why would you want to live there? <laughs> Just go work this one out. I mean, you're right in the middle of Cemetery Junction. I'm sure there's someone that will want to live there and somebody might want to need to live there. I understand that you can't always have a choice, but wow, what a location. You are bang in the middle of two main roads there. They're one of the busiest areas of the whole of Reading. And you have got a little bit of height, so you get the full gravitas of it. When you look out it on a Monday morning, you see the traffic jam. I, I, oh, I can't, I can't feel it. I, that, that is I mean, not my dream location. You've got, you've got that, and you've got, oh, you obviously, you've got all the traffic, all the noise. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of a late night spot as well. Um, plus, at the back, you've got a massive cemetery. I'm not. I don't. You know. I don't believe the dead are going to rise up and and terrify us all. But at the same time, it's still give a little bit of a. Ooh, uh, come on. So um, we were due to have someone on from the Junction Arch Heritage and Arts Group uh, to talk. They will now be on next week to talk about their plans because they want to open a uh, kind of an arts and heritage hub with a bar, food hall, and outdoor market and that kind of thing. So they'll be on to talk to us next week. I just. I don't know. I mean, it, it, probably enough. Do you, Hugh, you know the, the where the are where the where the arch is just to the right of it as you as you're going out of town. There is a there's a little hut, isn't there? That's been many things. It's been a little Caribbean restaurant. It's been all sorts of things, and that seems to seems to change all the time. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if you opened it as an office, where do you park? If you open it as a house, where do you park? I mean, like, where, where's your where's your driveway? I don't, I don't know. I'm. I'm it's bizarre, but it's only a hundred thousand pounds. So, yeah, one of the cheapest properties in Reading, <laughs> if not the cheapest. Um, what one thing that the community group says is is it's actually worthless because it needs so much spending on it to make it into anything. Um, that um, it's very. I think that's probably one the price. One of the reasons why the price is so low. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, you you know you'd be living in pollution central, um, with all that noise and, I mean, I mean how many I don't know I'm not an architect. How many houses could you turn it into? Would well, you get planning sense. permission? How would you get in and out? Where would you leave, like say where would you leave your car? Where would uh, just I, I I don't know. I mean anyone. I'm not a developer. I'm not an architect. It seems think, extraordinary that anyone would give permission for people to live there, but. Who I knows? Think it does say in the story there's scope for conversion possibly into two or three residential dwellings yeah estate agents often put that on places and then say you better check with the council first yeah i've um, um I've, I've seen enough houses in the last couple of months to know that sometimes places should be two bed not four bed um mm. so I, I i guess the th i think the the 
that sort of area of town a a heritage uh, like just a center for something whether it's a heritage and art center whatever it is it, it's it, you know it, that'd be ideal for, for some sort of community-based project whether that is this current heritage and arts plan or uh, or something else entirely it, it would i'm sure it would benefit from some sort of community open space slash center so that that would you know that would be that would be good um paul so you don't want to live there what would you do there you could turn into an art gallery <laughs> you could do it something like that Something that's community-based, because if you're going to make this yeah. so there's no parking, no nothing, you can't have anything there. Yeah. I think maybe something community range. I'm just trying to think. It's a really hard location to think yeah. of to have there, because there's so many issues of getting in and out of there, isn't it? Like, I don't know. And I, I just read in the article, and it says it's basically worth nothing, the actual venue, yeah. isn't it? It needs <laughs> nearly £300,000 yeah. worth of renovations. And you think, Wow. No, yeah. that's a no from me. I yeah. won't be putting a bid in. No, it's just no. Def definitely out. That takes it, that takes it up to the rough house price, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. So what's and the point? For that price, you could get a a, a lovely, fully decorated yeah, house. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some house quiet. that works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a house that was built as a house. Um, yeah. God. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so we've, I don't know whether hopefully we've we've put that house into negative equity now by by talking about it at such length. I see I know about negative equity now as well. Um, so that is uh, this week's headlines. Um, we'd love to hear back from you if you have any points of view on the different headlines. We will move on into part two and the random question. The random question. Hey guys, we're back. It's random question time. Um, the random question this week, um, I, I feel like I've been going around in a loop and doing all the same questions again. So I typed into Google, um, random questions, and I've just picked this one out. Uh, and it is, what's the best thing you've ever eaten? Big question, um, isn't it? It's a toughie. It is a toughie. Um, what are you going to say? Yeah. I was about to take my internet connections wobbling, but I didn't, <laughs> hear, I didn't hear any of Tom then, so I don't oh, know. What's the um, best thing you've ever eaten? Uh, my mind goes back to a a, a fuie de mer on the uh, on the coast somewhere in France as a child, which was <laughs> amazing. Um, as a fairly old child, I would guess if I was eating that. Um, that's a, a plateau, a platter of seafood for anyone who doesn't no, doesn't I speak the lingo like like, like <laughs> I do. Like old boy. Um, in Reading, in Reading, what have I had to eat? It's really nice in, in Reading. I've been to Lauterland many years ago. That was that was pretty good. Um, I've, many years ago, I can't actually remember what I ate, um, but it was good. I remember that. Um, I really like the shed sandwich. Is that, that's a bit <laughs> lowbrow, isn't it? <laughs> lowbrow? God, dear. It's a I mean, the big, sandwich. The big cheese, I mean, not yeah. the, is, a, is a work of, work of genius, if you ask me. So, um, I'll try and think of something proper. Well, well Paul. Paul, what about you? Paul. <laughs> uh, I'd go for something in London Street Brasserie. 
That was yeah. very good. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there for many years. Actually, the place where I was going just before the world all stopped and we all became hermits was at the Lido. Some really nice food uh, there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice. Sat there by the pool. My girlfriend's a member, so we get 10% off. Please sign up. I'm not associated with them. But um, it is very, very nice. It's not cheap, definitely, but um, I would recommend it. Yeah. Very nice. Possibly not the best thing I've ever eaten, though, thinking about it. Well, I mean, I I couldn't say that this was definitely the best thing I've ever had, but it's the thing that I'm probably drawn to wanting the most, which is the... um, the, it's a, a pyre in in Reading, and it's the the pad key mao, which is the um, which I think you can have a you can have either prawns, beef, or chicken. And I tend to have either prawns or 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 chicken, and it's 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 sort of like a slightly spicy noodle dish. And you know, I can't say it's definitely it's not the best thing I've ever eaten, but it's the thing that I probably want the most when I'm thinking about a takeaway. I immediately go, oh yeah yeah yeah, okay that'd be that'd be, and then I end up having something else completely. Um, so. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I've reworded if I reworded the question, um, but yeah, uh, that I think is where, I, and I can't even remember what where Pyre is now because um, we never go there. We just order it on it's on London Street. There we go. Okay, um, we right. never actually go there. We just order it on uh, on one of the many apps, which is which obviously is I would always say the blue collar food street market on a Wednesday oh, and Friday in town is always a good option. Just in case, Glenn, well, you are it? contractually <laughs> obliged to say that, and and we do understand. <laughs> oh, the, the bratwurst there is amazing and what's the other thing we have we we've had from there tom the um oh the korean um the korean's good yeah and the, the, oh, lady, yeah. the lady does the um oh the oh on a friday the is it hog um she does the the hog. um uh the chips and chili chili chips yeah chili chips yeah oh, that's yeah. also good Fantastic. and the one the one there's a caribbean one isn't there that, yeah we always go and look, oh i like that and then it's always always got a queue like round yeah. the corner and so no, it has to be aborted we've never so when life returns to normal definitely going to consider going there unless the queue's too long <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much guys uh it's been great to see you and um, paul are you back with us next week yeah i think so if you want cool. to be available yeah, yeah sounds good to me sounds good to me rachel's just having a little holiday um so uh, be good to see you again next week um if you'd like to get in touch with us then here is jeremy with how you can get in touch with the team email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk find us on twitter and instagram at realreadingpod and join our facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. That's quite enough for this week. We'll be back with more next week. Um, of course, we are always looking for new interviewees. So please do get in touch with us. Um, and if you have a moment, please give us a rating and a review on your podcast app. Uh, we'll be back for more Reading podcast goodness next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was almost harmonious. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.